Welcome and thank you for listening to the Okuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, leading by empowering others, and linking to our community. We hope you enjoy it. Hello, Okuo. I'm so glad to be back with you once again to continue in our series called Inspect Yourself. So in this series, what we've been doing As you could imagine, we're going through a time of introspection. We're making sure that we are looking at ourselves through the lens of how God has put us together and how we have been given even more because of Jesus. Now, in addition to taking a look at what we have, we have also been looking at how we are to use what we have. So there's like a a different level to this. And today is not going to be any different than all the weeks that have come before this. So before we go any further, let's just go ahead and pray uh, before we get the message started. So Jesus, I just ask that you'd be speaking to us today. I ask that you would show us how we are put together, and I ask that you would just continue to let us know how we can live out the purpose that you've given to us, Lord. We thank you for everything, and we love you. I pray all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. So as I was preparing for this message, a TV show that I used to watch reruns of all the time while I was growing up kept popping into my head. It was a classic sitcom with one of the best theme songs ever, Who's the Boss? The show ran from 1984 to 1992, which is why I watched almost all of them exclusively in reruns, and it starred Tony Danza as Tony Maselli, a former baseball player who wants to raise his daughter outside of New York City and then relocates to Fairfield, Connecticut to work as a live-in housekeeper for divorced advertising executive Angela Bauer, played by Judith Light. The whole premise of the show centers around the name of the show, and it's this question of who's the boss? And the reason that question was a tough one was because there was Tony, who basically ran like everything around the house, right? He was always there taking care of all the different things. And then there was Angela, that was the breadwinner and paid for all the things that happened in the house and around the house, right? Not only that, but they had to balance what was going on with each one of their kids. Angela had a kid, Tony had a kid. And then not only that, like the wild card in all this was Angela's mom, Mona, who would come in and like have a one-liner and then get out of there. Now, with all these people in the house trying to get things done, one might ask while watching the show, who's the boss? And in our own lives, we might be finding ourselves asking that same exact question. In our homes, you and your spouse might push back and forth about who the leader is, right? Or maybe, uh, you know, your significant other might be pushing back and forth, like, who's the boss? Or maybe you have children. And maybe they have a ton of after-school activities or they always want something new or there's always something going on. But at the same time, you're the parent. So that you might be sitting there asking yourself, who's the boss? Or maybe at your job, you might be the one in your department that does all the work. You might make things happen all the time and your boss just hangs out and shows up at the last minute and then gets a bunch of credit for it. So in that situation, you might be asking yourself, who's the boss? In so many different places in our lives, we are asking that same question. And that's the basic idea of what we're going to be looking at this week. We're going to be taking a look at how the Apostle Paul breaks this exact idea down in a letter God inspired him to write to his friends at the church at Ephesus. Now remember, over the last few weeks, we've been going through Paul telling us that we need to take off our old nature, right? Take off our old ways of how we've been doing things in the wrong way, of the way the world tells us to do things, but step into the new nature, the things that Jesus has given us when we started to believe in him. Remember, we want to be living a spirit-led life. 
And here's how Paul explained that. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. From there, we went into different roles that can be living out, how you can be living out your spirit-led life. And it starts with us us showing how people can live out that way through wives and husbands, right? Through that role. Then Paul continues to expand these ideas into more roles and how we can continue to live out our lives for these different roles. So here's how Paul gets us started for this week. He writes, Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on the earth. So this is the first piece of advice that Paul has for children to live their role out in the most spirit-led way possible. Now, this might be a quick piece of wisdom, but this is actually a huge shift in thinking of the culture. Uh, Really, uh, a huge shift in thinking of the culture by the fact that he even addressed the children here, right? Because in that culture, children weren't necessarily seen or thought of to be actually real people at all. They didn't have any rights in any way, shape, or form. They were basically thought of as property. And really, they had even less rights than wives did in that society, which we talked and hit on a little bit last week. And so in this, the children are first shown that they're thought of and respected, but that the fact they even have a choice, right? And then, so they're mentioned, and that's amazing, and it gives them a seat at the table. It gives them value in their society. Remember, Paul is writing to all these people that have become believers in Jesus, and that would include the kids. They now have a seat at the table. They are expected to fill a role in the kingdom as well. And much like last week in the relationship between husbands and wives, Paul starts by addressing the one with less societal power. Here, Paul starts with telling children to obey their parents, recognize who the boss is here. But there's a little bit more to that. The language that this letter was translated from is Greek. And in the Greek, the word obey is actually a compound word. It's hupakuo. And hoop means under. And akuo, well, y'all should know this one by now. It's all about listening. So essentially what Paul is asking kids to put themselves under, or asking them to do is for kids to put themselves under the authority that they have in their lives, which is their parents. So put themselves under that authority and then listen. Then Paul asks more from the kids, right? He says they need to honor their mothers and fathers. But Paul isn't expecting the children to just blindly listen and and, and follow them. Paul gives them a good reason why they should be listening to their parents. To show the kids that this is good, he quotes the Ten Commandments, which were the laws that God gave to the Hebrew prophet and leader Moses. Here is how Moses reported this law to Israel. This is what he said God told him. He said, honor your father and mother. Then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. So this word honor, this is the one that really jumps out here. This is the one where it's like, this is what you're supposed to be doing. I mean, I know I want a long, full life in the land of the Lord. So we, what we need to do is figure out what honor is actually all about. And so what we can do is go back to the Greek, go back to that original translation to get a better understanding of it. So the Greek word that honor is translated from is timau. And when you look at it closely, the word timau is about recognizing the value in something. 
It's like putting a price on a work of art or trying to put the right price on something that you're going to stick in a garage sale, right? You gotta make sure you like thread that needle perfectly because you don't want it too low where it's just gonna get sold and you're like, man, I could have sold that for like $2, uh, but you don't want it too high where you gotta get stuck with it. So when it says, honor your mother and father, what he's really saying is to look at them and appreciate the value that they have shown themselves to be in raising you, hopefully putting you in the right path. Now, some of you might look at your parents and how they raised you, and you might actually be triggered and back in a place where it wasn't that great. You might be like, man, I don't want to listen to that anymore. And that's okay. You don't have to feel guilt because you have less than positive feelings about the way that your parents brought you up. It's okay to look at them for who they are. I want you to honestly and objectively look at how they affected your life. Even though the path that they may have set you on was the wrong path, it's okay to see them for who they were or who they still are. Honoring your parents also doesn't mean putting yourself into a situation that won't be safe for you, your family, uh, physical, or your family physically or emotionally. You can honor those people. You can honor your parents from afar if they are people that will harm you or your loved ones. So don't try and raise them to a place in your life where they shouldn't be. Don't try and smile and put them on some sort of pedestal when they definitely don't deserve it. It won't make your life better if you're trying to put them in a place where they don't belong. Don't raise them above where they're at. Also, I'm not saying that you should hold a grudge against your parents uh, for your whole life. No, forgiveness is still the answer for you here. The anger you hold towards your parents isn't going to help you get through anything. It will only destroy you. If your parents did a fine job, then you should do your best to honor them. You should do your best to value them for what they are. People that loved you and tried their best, even though they were flawed. And I know for me personally, this has been one of the biggest lessons that, that I've had in my life. Having kids of my own, a lot of the times, I'm just like doing my best to keep my head above water, right? I, I don't know what I'm doing a lot of the time. I mean, there are like books that like kind of help you think through this stuff, but like when you're actually in it, there's no rules. There's no understanding of how you're supposed to get through that. I mean, and so with that, I'm going to get stuff wrong, but I'm doing my best. I love my kids a lot and I'm just a person. And the same thing goes for my parents. They did their best. They loved me and that's all I can ask for. And that also goes for most of your parents. They raised you in a flawed way, sure, of course they did, because they're people. So we should be honoring and, obey and obeying our parents, right? But like, what if you're an adult? At what point do you get to like stop doing that? Well, I think the obey side isn't too complicated. And the reason that we're supposed to obey or listen to our parents is so we can have the wisdom needed to take on the world. And I would think that most of us get that amount of wisdom needed, or we have that amount of wisdom needed once we move out of the house on our own and, you know, like actually pay for ourselves and the things and the life that we lead. That might be a good time to do a little more following your own way, which really was the way you were brought up. And so you're still obeying your parents, but maybe not just in everything. When it comes to honor, though, I'm not sure if there's ever a time that you ever stop honoring your parents. And so if we're going to think about uh, the ultimate example, it's Jesus. And when we look at Jesus' life, during the crucifixion, Jesus is up on the cross and he looks down at the people that had gathered and he sees his mom there. And this is what he does. When Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved, he said to her, 
Dear woman, here is your son. And he said to the disciple, here is your mother. And from then on, this disciple took her into his home. So even while Jesus is facing death, he's honoring his mother. He's making sure that she would be held in regard and that she would be taken care of by somebody once he was gone. So I would say honoring your parents never stops until they're gone or you're gone. Now that is the end of the relationship for the kids, but what about parents? How do they need to live out their lives? Remember, when we went into all these different roles, Paul has something to say for both sides. So let's see what he has to say this time. Parents, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Just like the other examples that Paul gives us, the one in power needs to make plenty of changes. Right here, he explains what parents should not be doing. That's provoking kids to anger because of how parents treat them. Parents, we don't just get to do whatever we want, which was a huge departure from what the culture of that time said. Parents were supposed to be the unquestioned authority in this relationship, and it never once had anything to do with serving their kids, right? Remember, they were thought of as property. They were animals, livestock. That's all that they were for these people in this society. Parents were in charge, and children were just along for the ride to blindly listen to their parents. But if we're going to follow the example of Jesus, if we're going to follow the loving example of Jesus and sacrifice ourselves, well then, it has to look different than what the Romans expected. It's going to look different than what a lot of us got from our parents, our own parents. So all you parents listening right now, we have a huge responsibility in this part of our community. When it comes to dealing with our kids, we have to bring them up with discipline and instruction. And the discipline is something that can get twisted sometimes. What happens is that us parents can get discipline and punishment confused. Punishment is about getting the kid back for something they did, right? We're trying to get even. Well, you did this thing, so that means that I got to do this at this level, right? But discipline is much different. Discipline is to train a child with a long-term goal of maturity. Here's how theologian Dr. David R. Anderson sees the difference between the actions of a punisher and a disciplinary. The actions of a punisher are often the overflow of built-up frustration from many past wrongs, but the attitude of a disciplinarian is one of love with a focus on future improvement. The one being disciplined senses that he or she is loved, and that love gives them a sense of security and self-worth. So when we can discipline in a way that is actually helpful for our kids, we can help them live a long, full life. And this is the real way that we can benefit our children, by doing just this. We can't be looking to get a rise out of them because we are upset. We can't keep poking them and poking them to provoke the right reaction. Like, they need to feel what I'm feeling right now. When our kids step out of line, it's not about that. What we are called to do is bring them up with discipline and instruction. And sometimes the best way that we can help our kids be disciplined is by us showing discipline in our own lives, right? Because remember, our kids are watching us and then they're gonna do the exact same thing. So if we are people that don't honor our parents, how should we expect our kids to honor us? 
if we pick, fight with our, pick fights with our parents, if we only talk to them when we need something, if we only say bad things about them, if we're nice in front of them and then talk behind their backs, then what will our kids do to us? In what ways did we show our kids that we are disciplined and understand how to treat our parents? That's one way to provide examples and help our kids develop discipline, but that's not the only way we can do this. So in what other ways should we be disciplining our kids? Well, I'll answer that question with another question. How does God discipline you? When you step out of line, does God like smack you in the back of the head? Does God follow you around and yell at you and tell you how like messed up you are? Or does God like keep quiet and then wait until your next mistake and then throws everything in your face and is like, well, maybe you wouldn't be here if you would have done it like this? Of course not. When God disciplines us, he speaks. He shows us the right way to do things. He shows us the correct path to walk down. It's just up to us if we want to listen or not. Now, this isn't the last role where we need to be listening to the Lord and how we live out our lives. There's actually two more roles that we need to look at today, two more ways that we can look at ourselves. So let's look at what Paul wrote next. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with deep respect and fear. Serve them sincerely as you would serve Christ. Try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you. As slaves of Christ, do the will of God with all your heart. Work with enthusiasm as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will reward each one of us for the good we do, whether we are slaves or free. Masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Don't threaten them. Remember, you have the same master in heaven, and he has no favorites. So this is a piece of scripture that can trip up a lot of people, and I totally get that. So let's break this down. First and foremost, this scripture does not advocate or encourage slavery now or at any time in our history. Neither does our church. Paul isn't doing that at all. What Paul is doing is simply speaking to the audience he knows exists in Ephesus. At that point in time, some scholars have said that like up to 50% of the Roman population were slaves of some sort. And the reason for that being is every time Rome, the Roman Empire, would conquer a new country, they would take all of their people in and then require them to be slaves. So I don't think that Paul is saying slavery is okay. What he is doing is dealing with a reality of his time. In the same way there are injustices that we find ourselves in the world today, we might give advice to people on how to deal with those injustices, but that doesn't mean that we are advocating for those injustices. That's what Paul's doing right here. He knows that there are plenty of slaves that are coming to know Jesus. So he's showing them that even though they are oppressed and looked down upon by society, that God is still asking them to lead their lives in a certain way, that they also have a seat at the table, right? Just like the kids that we were talking about earlier. What Paul is doing is giving these slaves, people that were thought of as the lowest in their society, he's giving them dignity. He's giving them value right here. He's lifting them up and telling the world that slaves are people too. God cares about them as well, just as much as anybody else. He cares about them so much that they have a purpose in this life. 
no matter how they are being mistreated, they are to work as if they are working for Jesus. They are to work with enthusiasm as if they are working for the Lord. What a great testament to who Jesus is to live a life of love and sacrifice to where a terrible master would see what they are doing and they could see Jesus through that. This seems to be like it could be leading slaves into a bad situation though. However, like all the role dynamics that Paul has walked us through up to this point, the ones with the most power will have to do the most change, right? For the masters, they are to show the same kind of joy and enthusiasm to their slaves. They're supposed to do the will of God. The will of God is to treat them with love and with grace. There is such a huge jump in treatment from how lots of masters would treat their slaves to what Paul is calling them to do. Here Paul is advocating for the masters to be better, to do better, to actually love and sacrifice like Jesus did. Paul is urging them to lead the slaves in a way that would be pleasing to God. And what's amazing is that in that last line of their so, all their social standings are just broken down. Paul is saying that according to God, there is no earthly class system as far as he sees it. All that matters is who believes in the gospel of Jesus. What God wants us to do isn't theoretical. We aren't supposed to sit and read and create theories. We're supposed to get out there and get in the thick of it and love Jesus and speak the gospel. And just a reminder of what the gospel is, we've been talking about this a bunch of weeks during this series, and I want to do it again, is that Jesus, God in human form, came down to the earth. He was human, just like you and me, tempted. He felt the same frustration and despair in this world that we all have. However, he lived a life completely without sin. He's the one person that lived a life worthy of hanging out in heaven for all of eternity. But here's what happened. Jesus laid his life down to become the perfect sacrifice for us. For all the ways that we have sinned, he experienced torture up on that cross and gave away his life for all of us so we could avoid an eternity of torture, so we could experience his grace, so we could all get salvation. And all we have to do to access the grace is listen to the message that is left behind for his disciples that they left behind for us. All we have to do is simply believe that Jesus did all of that for us to receive the grace from him. And by receiving that grace, our identity completely changes. We are turned into God's masterpiece. We become worthy, right? That's what the slaves were experiencing. That's the long version. Here's the short one. Jesus died to save us from our sins, and when we believe, we experience a life in eternity with God. So it doesn't matter what kind of job we have or what kind of money we make or what kind of degrees we hold. God looks at all of us in the same way. Believers or not believers. For us today, we can actually apply some of these examples to our, our lives. We might not be slaves, but when we get to work, it might feel like the worst part of your day. Well, instead of that work of sadness and frustration, work with enthusiasm, as if you're working directly for the Lord. You might also be the manager or owner of your business. And maybe you mistreated one or two of your employees that report to you because, like, you think you're better or something. Well, I want you to know this. One of the secrets of leadership that most people don't talk about is that to be a good leader, the higher you go up on that ladder, the more you have to sacrifice yourself for your people. 
It no longer is about you making ideas on your own. You need to get everybody to come in to a conclusion. You have to regularly lay your pride down. You have to follow the example of Jesus, an example of unending love and sacrifice. That is what being a leader is. Now, for some of you listening right now, you might not have a connection to that type of example or leader. You might not have the connection to this new way of living your life. You might not believe in Jesus. And if that's you, first off, thank you for listening to this. I'm, I'm grateful that you were willing to spend some time with us here today pondering on these different ideas. But if you want more than what you have right now, if you would like to be a part of the plan that God has for this world, if you like to better understand what it feels like to be infinitely loved, then I'd like to help walk you through receiving that. And to do that, all you have to do is have a conversation with Jesus and let him know that you believe. Now, what I want to do right now is lead you in that conversation. And I want to ask the rest of our Akuo community to pray along with you while you're having that conversation because here at Akuo Church, no one ever has to pray alone. You always have a community there with you. So if you want to confirm your belief in Jesus, just go ahead and say this just between you and him. Just say, Jesus, I believe. I believe in you and what you did here on this earth. Today, the best way I know how, I give you my life. Amen. Now for the rest of us believers, whether it's been for the last five decades or the last five seconds, I want you to do something. And, and uh, he, what I want you to do is listen, right? Our name is Akuo for a reason. Like we talked about earlier, it's, it's because it's, it means listen, because we want to be listening to God. And because of all that, I want you to ask God a simple question. I want to give you the opportunity to speak to God and listen to him. So ask a question. And after you ask that question, I'm going to give you a minute to allow yourself a little bit of time to hear from God. And if you need some more time uh, than what I give you, just pause this and keep listening. Keep speaking to the Lord. So here's what I want you to ask. Just say, God, show me how to be someone that loves my parents and kids in the best possible way. I'll come back in a minute to finish out this prayer. Jesus, thank you for your perfect sacrifice. Thank you for your love. Remind us of how much you love us. Remind us of how much you value us. 
Remind us of how much you can do through us. Jesus, please show us the ways you want us to put on our new nature. Show us the ways that we need to be leading our family in honor, in discipline, in instruction. Jesus, show us all the ways that we have a boss in this world, and it's you. We thank you for everything, and we love you, Jesus, and we pray all these things in your name. Amen. All right, guys, thank you so much for being a part of this today. Now, before we go, there are a few things that I'd like to get to, uh, that I'd like to share with you. And the first thing I want to talk about is, is always the first thing that we talk about when we get to this part. It's our community groups. We talk about them every week because they are so important to what we are doing here in Nakuo. We exist so people can be in community with Jesus and one another. Community groups, that's where you get your one another, right? And then what ends up happening is you get this one another with each other, but it also helps you connect to Jesus through the one another. It's actually really awesome. And so what we like to do is highlight and spotlight a group every single week. And the one that we want to put a spotlight on this week is the community prayer group. They actually meet tonight at 6 p.m. in the pavilion where we do church every single Sunday. In this evening prayer group, everyone from Akuo Church has a chance to pray together and talk about life. So if you are a prayer warrior, a prayer beginner, or you're like in between those two things, you are welcome to a night for listening to God and being encouraged by your community. Because like we say at Akuo, you never pray alone. Remember that is tonight, October the 6th, at 6 p.m. in the pavilion. So if you're interested in joining this group, go to akuo.church community to get signed up. Now, this might not be the group for you, right? You might not be able to make it on a Sunday evening. That's okay. What you can do is go and take a look at some of the other groups that we have currently available. To do that, you can scan the QR code on the screen, or you can go to akuo.church community. Now, guys, I say this all the time because it's true. Joining one of these groups might be the best thing that you do here at Akuo. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is the big event that we have coming up in just a few weeks, guys. I'm so excited. It's our third annual Trunk or Treat, and this is going to be happening on Saturday, October the 29th from 3 to 6 p.m. in the parking lot outside the church. We would love for you to be a part of this. You could help us with making sure cars are getting in and out of the parking lot safely. You can have your own trunk available to hand out candy. You could help us set things up or tear them down. You could also donate some candy or put money towards the supplies that we will need for this event. But most of all, we just want you to show up and have a good time. Now, if you do want to sign up for any of these things, any of these roles on that Saturday, you can go to our website or you can scan the QR code that we have on the screen. When you go to our website, though, you can go to kuo.church slash sign up. Now, if you're looking to drop off candy, that happened today at church, right? Today, October the 16th at church services. Also, they're happening at the prayer meeting group at 6 p.m. So if you're interested in dropping off some candy, you can do that at that time. We cannot wait to link to our community for this event alongside all of you. Now, in addition to being able to spend some time making that event happen, you could also help by giving your time to one of our A-teams. You could be part of our worship or production team. You could help serve uh, kids in our community by being a part of our A-team. Or you could be like the first face that somebody sees on a Sunday morning by being a part of our hospitality A-team. 
To be a part of any of these things, you can scan the QR code on the screen, or you can go to our website and click on A Team Sign Up under the Get Involved menu. Now, the next thing I like to do and talk about are the ways that we can be sacrificially generous here at Akuo. One of the ways that we just talked about being sacrificially generous is with your time, but you can also do that with your resources. Now, whatever you're gonna give, however you decide to do this, the first thing that you need to do is go and listen to the Lord, go talk to God, see what he has to say about that. Now, if you are unsure of where to start or you don't necessarily get a thing, one of the places that you can start is through the biblical method of giving called tithing which means giving a first fruit 10% offering in the storehouse, which is your local church. That could be where you start. But no matter what, I want you to be talking to God and listening to him in that way. Now, giving might not be a possibility for you right now. Things might be really tough for you and your family, and that's okay. Because if things are tough for you right now, please allow us to help you out. We want to be linked to you during your tough time. So if you need anything at all, please reach out to us. Or if you know someone that needs some help, let us know. Now to do that, all you have to do is go to our website, akua.church, and click on the Contact Us link. You can also send us an email directly at help at akuo.church, or you can call or text the church at 210-901-8785. Now if you are willing to give here at Akuo Church, the way you can do that is by going to our website, akuo.church. Now once you get to the website, you'll click on the giving link, and then you can go ahead and follow all the instructions that are there on the giving link. Now, we also have our text to give option if you, that's a way that you want to go ahead and give. For that, all you have to do is text AKUO, A-K-O-U-O, and the dollar amount you want to give to the number 77977. Now, if you don't want to give electronically, we also have our PO box available if you would like to send your gift through a check. For that, all you have to do is mail it to AKUO at PO box 100-125, San Antonio, Texas, 78201. All right, guys, that's all that I have for you today. I just want you to know that I love and appreciate all of you, and our Akuo team will be praying for you now and all week long as we continue to go throughout our days. So before we go, I just want to pray over you one last time. So Jesus, I just ask as people turn off their computers and put away their phones and turn off their tablets and turn off their TVs, Lord, I pray that you would continue to speak to them. I pray that you would show them all the different ways that they need to be living their life, sacrificing and loving people in the way that you gave an example for Jesus. I pray that through that love and sacrifice that people would see you. I pray that through that love and sacrifice that people would understand how much you love them. And I pray that it would fill every person out there as they love and sacrifice for their loved ones. Thank you for all of this, Jesus. We love you. And we pray these things in your name. Amen. All right, that's all that we have for you this week. We will see you at a community group this week. Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, akuo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O dot church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Akuo Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.